welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss another episode of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, episode number five of season two, or season one. They are getting a season two. Apparently, they're getting five whole seasons. So, plenty of time to, to develop this show. I think that it continues to suffer on the story arc portion of things. This episode was written by Justin Doble, directed once again by Wayne Che Yip. But I don't have as much of an issue with the directing. I think that the the cinematography always continues to stand up. And I think the way in which it is directed looks amazing. However, I am having a really hard time connecting to some of these characters. The appendages in Numenor, such as Arion, is that her name? Arion, Kemen, even Isildur and his friends, all of that just feels like I don't care about it. And it's only the first season. We're getting five more from what I hear there's gonna be time to massage these epi- these uh these character interactions but right now i am still not quite sure why galadriel even though i would say on her part because she's been very annoying she wasn't as annoying this episode however i would probably take offense at people calling me elf but considering how you walked in the door eh, i think i think that's pretty earned they do throw out things like farazan and mirio being cousins didn't know that ever so casually to the viewer and you don't really get a sense of these relationships even the one with her father other than it being a sad thing i don't know we're not spending enough time to develop people or even figure out what motivates them other than a passing but even that it's like why does isildur is he just a fuck boy why does arian all of a sudden hate the elves it's just because she's grown up being absolutely uh elf racist then we go back to the to the harefoots and i stated last episode that i wasn't the greatest fan of that story arc thus far i think others are more of a fan it depends on how do you feel about hobbits and that whole little people (laughs) (laughs) type of uh i think i've gotten so much of it from the hobbits movies like i was just overloaded so this all just feels familiar and already hashed out so it doesn't have that same charm as it used to be but this episode i think did more to flesh that out a little bit but not by much not by much they're holding their cards entirely too close and uh, i was listening to bald move and they made a comment of hey if you're just a generalized watcher and you're not into the lore a lot of this is kind of thrown at you with no great uh 
understanding of the gravity of certain things because you don't really know who they are and how it fits in because it's so so in depth and i think that's fair because watching a show and reading the source material i know i'm usually a big big proponent of hey if the source material is out there you know and you want to get deeper into this thing you can but we're not even scratching the surface it just feels like they're diarying information out with really no connective context right now that as only a viewer of the television show i i don't see it coming through in any capacity and i'm familiar with lord of the rings again i'm familiar with the hobbit movies i've watched that and i i shouldn't like it should inspire me to learn more about it not it is absolutely just known and this other information is something you better get on board with or you're not you better go to a podcast or (laughs) you're gonna be lost but i don't know i don't think you should be able to have to view a show where you must go to a podcast to figure it out i don't know i think enough should be left on the screen and then more for deeper understanding but that's my overall feelings before we do jump into the the recap wherever you're listening to this podcast uh, remember to drop some stars leave a review my social media will be below you can like share and subscribe and if you want to send feedback for this show or any other show that i do blackercouch at gmail.com let's start with the with the the hairfoot since they were not in last episode sadik is still getting shit i'm guessing melva is his wife but she's still giving the steak guy talking about grab their shit and leave them behind why you gotta be so her and stank eye jane i can't deal with them all they ever have on their face is bitterness and unhappiness and a hatred for the hairfoots because there's a blight all around and because the only thing new in their world is this tall white man they think it's his fault that's got to be racist apparently all you need to do is save melva's life and she's all about talking how awesome you are but this type of i understand being wary of outsiders but it's not even that the quickness of which they would abandon their own i don't know i'm uncomfortable with that continued thought process like where's the empathy i understand that you're probably the way they're nomadic you have to have a little bit of tough skin however you got one person who is you know got his leg messed up and there's someone accommodating that i don't know i feel like the the pluses outweigh the minuses at least at this stage because we haven't seen anything otherwise uh it's uh the one friend i keep forgetting her name every single time i know nori and then there's nori's friend (laughs) but she starts singing there's a quick moment of nori going out to the stranger feeding him snails i believe that was and she tells him uh that there are perils out there he thinks he's a peril because of what happened with the fireflies but she says no you're here to help you're a good person any story where you're gonna have someone educating someone else about being good even if they have all these great powers it's it's very 
atypical of many a star wars tale many of other type of tale so i was it's charming but i'm not sucked in all the way into the charm if that makes sense i do find the stranger interesting he sees that they're being attacked by three wolves is those wolves i don't know what those are they look like a cross between wolves and wild pigs and they come for the little harfoots including melva what is horrible is melva in her spare time is doing nothing but talking shit yet these women these little girls nori and her friend come immediately over to save her life or to help her and they try to do you know what they can to keep the wolves away but they're tiny and they're a meal so the stranger comes and is able to pick up one of the wolves and toss it away before using his powers to basically tell him to get the fuck on because you ain't gonna find dinner here and after a brief moment of the leader barking at the other like you see him he just knocked my punk ass out you didn't do shit about it let's get the fuck out of here i don't want this smoke fuck this shit i'm out Mm-mm. fuck this shit i'm out no thanks don't mind me i'ma just grab my stuff and leave excuse me please fuck this shit i'm out nope he injures his arm in some capacity and when he is later on healing himself in a ice <laughs> bath i don't know what the hell that was nori ends up because she don't but i will say this about nori she's like i mean don't leave somebody alone sometimes (laughs) if he's not responding to you he's in his own little trance you should know this by now y'all been traveling for how many days like leave him be nope she's gonna decide that she's gonna once again with this person a whole bunch of power try to touch him in this weird moment he's got going on and she gets all iced up and apparently she connected to his mind i did not get that from the episode uh i got it in a (laughs) recap uh, as i was listening to one of the recaps for this episode and i'm like okay that was not very well conveyed all we saw was her being blasted away in a shockwave it looks like he healed himself he goes to address her but she's like i don't want to talk to you right now i feel emotionally or physically upset and off she runs so you know this guy got a whole bunch of power you know he be going into these trances you've watched him you know in the background staring up at the clouds at the stars you know something otherworldly is going on with him you either want to be curious or you want to be scared you can't be both there is a little bit of follow-up there are three people in white that are tracking where the man has fallen of course i didn't catch it on the first time it looks like the eye of sauron in the flames when he fell down to earth i just you will not convince me this man is sauron he is not he's not i don't know who the fuck is sauron but it ain't him he is too much like gandalf if he's not gandalf he's a knockoff version of gandalf and i'm fine with either but he is not sauron i don't care what y'all trying to do to make me believe it i just won't especially when he said i am not Pero. like i love you i love you so much you gonna show up when everybody needs you 
another thing and i know i ain't right for it even though there was that cute little moment where it was like i had to get away from your snore and she's like i don't snore if i was like yeah you do <laughs> it was nice to see a, a family domestic cute moment and not just anger between them they as a species look like they stink i know i'm not supposed to be giving them shit about this it's nature i'm sure nature is nature but they all look like they have hygiene problems and poor (laughs) this this man in this uh this woven cloth looking like every type of flea has created a home in said wardrobe not to mention his long hair all of them just look like they could be hosed down with a lot of soap and water I don't know what it what it what they what they do but it, it definitely ain't been shown to help any of them just like jesus i know y'all just ooh smell like pooty let's go over to elron Duran and what is the king's name gil galad over where they're at so they are at a dinner and as they are at this dinner well first well yes as they're at this dinner the king immediately says well before our wives our women join us he's like my wife didn't show up i would like to ask you some questions it seems like your furnaces are burning brightly and i just want to know what's going on around there and then elrond's like what the fuck this is a guest in our home and you gonna start interrogating him but he also realizes that he might have been played himself because Duran comes back with why do you want to know and Elrond's like I don't think that's none of your business and I think that you being too aggressive right now these were of course were not the the words of dialogue that were happening but what I interpreted to make it easier for you that is when Gil galad is like yeah 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 but you still gonna answer my questions because i'm still curious so Duran showing that he does have some political savvy deflects the question by saying what what is this uh where did you get this this table and he tells them how this type of material is coming from uh, a special place in his people where they use it for monuments to honor the dead so on and so forth and this guilt trip is enough for gil galad to say my apologies for disrespecting your people i'm gonna gift this with you you can take it with you when you go home and that pretty much ends the conversation but elrond feels some kind of way with it because he knows as he is approached by king gil galad later on who tells him look i need to know if they found something called this mithril mithril they explained one elf didn't catch their name was in a battle with a oh man i forgot what they call that too yeah sorry sorry in triple sorry <laughs> this is not the podcast for names of things but i want to say it's the bala something but it's the scary devilish horn fiery motherfucker 
they were having a battle over this tree and it was struck by lightning and that lightning caused the the ore to go in deep into the soil and now they need this ore to extend their very existence for elves because they're dying they notice this issue when uh when galadriel showed up so that's why they wanted her to go away thinking that would solve the problem it hasn't so he asked him that this is the other thing that we need but that is a, a supposition and a guess and a hope as uh elrond pointed out like you don't you want me to break my word he tells him several times that he doesn't want to break his word but i feel by not saying one way or another you are pretty much confirming what they already know and he's conflicted as and this came to came to a head way quicker than i thought it was this promise i the whole entire time was was hoping and praying that he would not betray his friend oh don't do it yeah yeah oh my god i think just like in the lord of the rings movies one of the best defined relationships was between this elf and and uh, a dwarf and in this show right now the most emotional entanglement i have is with aaron duran and disa so i was like don't break it up now at least give me two seasons before shit get wrong and shit gonna eventually go wrong because i do know casa doom is pretty much closed off at some point and i like how he decided to go to his other friend and discuss with him even though what is his name brimbrior he tells him like i'm sorry uh we should have brought you in on this but he used your ability to 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 do the unthinkable very much like your father and he reminds him of that like i knew in your father when he went to go a mortal man confer with the gods i knew your mother begged him not to go and when she asked why he said because i'm the only one that can very much stating that elrond is the only person that can breaks down due to his true friendship with these people and being able to see them as people and respect for them he is he is someone he's the son of a great diplomat so of course he would have that exact skill and while they respect his feelings on the matter they know that you're your number one as many species like to put that out there is to your family and so he knows he's in a hard place but he also knows that he has to do the right thing but he doesn't he doesn't uh i don't know maybe he does kind of guide him with the whole story about his father i was gonna say he doesn't talk him into it but that is definitely meant to play on his emotional side what i did appreciate as they watched the elves <laughs> carrying the table away and aaron immediately picks up you made that shit up guilty he talks about the table like oh it's not a big deal diesel always wanted and he's like no that's not actually what's bothering me and to duran's credit he's like stop talking around the issue tell me what the fuck is going on and he tells him and he even says it in in a way 
maybe not to <laughs> to cast shame because it doesn't matter how it came about i'm the one that's breaking my word and i appreciated that because he could have said you know what they sent me you were right you know they played me and now i'm in this terrible position he's like no i didn't go to your place for for that it was built on ambition i didn't know it at the time but that's what why i went there and now basically the the fate of all of elves rests with you and he's like can you say that one more time because that sounded really good about the fate of elves because he's like what do you mean go away like we're going to be forced to leave these shores and abandon you guys and if i do that if we do that or fade out of existence if we do that then that means that the the darkness is going to take over the entirety of earth so it is a huge decision but he does at least give it to durin to make like i could just give him this mithril i could just tell him they already know but i'm still leaving it to you but i feel like gil galad who was watching the whole interaction is is going to betray elrond even further or make him compromise even further by taking because he tells him look you don't have to convince me but i do have to convince my father and that like don't thank me i like when they were walking away and he's like <laughs> uh tell disa that the the table's from me he's like uh don't push your luck don't push your luck it's kind of like last episode when they were talking about him saving him he's like i heard a scream that sounded like a child <laughs> this may be a tough sell to the to the dwarves who may feel that the elves are taking advantage of the situation and of the friendship between durin and elrond and if his father has a lot to say about that i don't i can't disagree with him like clearly you didn't come to me as a person you came to me to confirm something but it turns out that the dwarves what i did appreciate also (laughs) i feel like i've used appreciate like three times already was that the dwarves are aware of what's going on in the elven world too like you we know that you're not being completely honest with us about what is happening and that's what he sent his son to find out and now he knows so he's like hey you wanted to know what was happening this is what's happening this is what i found out but the sad thing is can you now trust gil galad to be forthcoming with any additional information that may be to the detriment of the dwarves because i again i don't feel like they got the they did not get the short end of the stick on this whatever comes next but that is where we leave the elven storyline let's go over to numenor well we can save numenor for last because that's where we ended and we had a lot of them last episode so let's go to the southlands Browin approaches the villagers and lets them know hey we have a choice we can stay and fight and a lot agreed to do that but war wardreg says stay and fight are you fucking kidding me we're what we are and some of us ain't ashamed of that so he takes half the villagers including rowan and leave to go to it the the town that they're at Osterith or something to that effect 
because Adar wants them to surrender and pledge their loyalty to him and so they do so so they're brought into his camp Waldrig believes that they want to serve their sire as they previously did and calls Adar Sauron oh hell no Adar is not Sauron but I like what we are setting up here because they always make things seem as if even in darkness there's not if not even more so a divide between who's going to be the most powerful everyone just doesn't go to one guy and they bow before him there's still usually struggles for power the same they would have in in a world of lightness and so i don't think we saw that in the lord of the rings movie so adar being an elf being a, a dark elf who even brings up in the beginning of the episode when he's standing next to an orc he's like let me see your arm that starts to blister and get get cancer immediately like i wish you could feel this (laughs) but soon it's gonna be gone and the last bit of light that i have will be gone with it so it seems as if he's trying to join his children in darkness that he feels that he is a uh liberator and if he feels that he's a liberator could he truly have been like the person that was that that i don't know too much about the lore so don't annihilate me but maybe some elves that turned to sauron were then utilized as people to give birth to his orcs to his soldiers that are these orcs type of people and lord of the rings i think they came out like fucking trees i don't know but he does seem to have a better interest in their welfare this is what's spurning him more so than i want to take over the entire planet just to take over the entire planet because i hate all people it feels as if he's like no i want to make a home for my people and this is our home and this is where we're gonna start it Wahlberg is like okay you're not you're not Sauron I don't give a fuck who you are I'm here to serve you and he tells them that uh, we are binded by blood and he gives him a knife and he grabs Rowan and by all of the crying in which Rowan was doing and how much fucks Waldreg does not care uh he killed him so he's dead did the was the blade in waldrig's cellar is that where they found it wow so he joins him and now he's going to lead him back to where the sword is back at the tower there was a weird looking kid he doesn't look like he belongs to brawn he doesn't i don't know who his father could possibly be (laughs) but he's a weird like he has half of a mustache that he shouldn't have that hairstyles doing nothing for him i just he's just a weird type of kid that i don't even see as a child i see him as nothing but a pest <laughs> he's practicing his arrow aaron deal comes over to say aaron deer comes over to say uh raise a little bit higher he's like why are you even here why are you saving us you've been spying on us we're the worst didn't you see half of us leave clearly we aren't we are exactly what you thought we were and he's like because i've been spying and listening and all that i know the people here are good and he's like half of them left and half of them stayed 
that's why i'm with you he's like we're all gonna be dead he's like then i'm gonna die with you but at least you can work on your bow game and he decides to tell him about the sword he's like yeah i'm actually been hiding something from you (laughs) and he shows him the sword he's seen it before apparently it's on the towers murals and he believes that it's some type of key to use to control all of the humans in the southlands that's intriguing he takes it to brawin to discuss and her her uh conclusion is we all need to surrender like the other half because we're fucking doomed and then they have this conversation out in front of everybody and i'm not quite sure because now everybody's gonna know waldron already knew sure but now anyone else can decide to smack y'all while y'all sleeping i don't think that would be possible with aaron deer around to be quite frank but I i still think it's very messy to have this whole conversation then she's all like then these people are deciding to fight and then she's in front of everyone being like well we're giving up and it's because my son is in danger that's a little <laughs> cowardly i don't know if you're gonna be the leader you gotta be the leader and i don't understand i don't not understand as a mother being like oh no this is too uh, you could also just give him the fucking sword or you could not give him the fucking sword or you could move on to another village if you tried i don't know i feel like there are a lot more options than just this one tower like let's let's try to get further let's get out of the fucking southlands that sounds like a plan let's get a fucking boat but it feels as if help is on the way anyway but she keeps saying we don't have a plan how are we gonna like but you knew that when you said we're gonna stand here and fight so you're gonna fight fight and die for your convictions or you're not uh that was always i don't know why you thought you were in a winning situation especially when half of your people left if anything that told you like yep we're on a last stand type of thing but apparently not a last stand if her son's gonna die which you already was going to die whatever he's like this is bigger than just us this is bigger than the southlands and then she's like you don't have a plan i don't have a plan and that's how we pretty much leave everything off as the remaining villagers uh and on and the orc army are on the way to the tower to route everyone out because they definitely definitely want that sword now that they know where it is so how's that battle gonna go down i don't know but my guess is that they're gonna need the help that's on their way speaking of it's got a numenor 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 apparently some some uh people didn't get the get the memo with the tree fallen leaves i feel like that would have been a great selling point to the crowd like hey y'all know our tree over there i let the elf go and the leaves started falling so if that's your belief system why you're not using your belief system why isn't farazan not using the belief system it's just weird even if he doesn't personally believe in it uh why would not we use that as a selling point to get some of the people who are upset on their side for some reason arian is upset and i don't even know why and i don't know why she care because not only does her brother isidore like yeah i want to get the fuck out of here i want to go i want to do something for numenor her father is the captain of the sea guard 
who's also his name means elven friend so where is all this animosity and hatred coming from on her perspective when she grew up in that household i'm not saying it can't exist i'm saying it came out of absolutely nowhere like if there was moments up leading up to this where she was like oh the elf or she made some comment about it then i would be like oh okay this makes sense for her character but we got nothing of that before she's just straight up grabbing kemet that she knew for all of two seconds went on one date with and now he's so in love and and enamored of her all she has to do is like be a man convince your father to to do this and if you're not he doesn't listen to me well you need to talk louder excuse me bitch it automatically made me want to hate this character <laughs> because she just seems there there to be there and because she's the daughter of that's it's gonna cause oh the heartbreak between them being on opposite sides but yeah i don't care about you i don't care about kemen kemen should not be that lack of pussy struck on someone he just met a few days ago to the point where he actually takes a lantern and is going to blow up the ship even though his father gives him a very defined reason why this is actually in our interest as a family they blow up one of the boats being absolute idiots when he finds isildore who is stowing away we'll we'll circle back to him in his story arc and he ends up pulling him from the water he's like he saved my life and that's enough to get him on the voyage but it, it's just dumb it doesn't like that whole correlation of events does not make sense him going to his father afterwards being like so why are you siding with them and he even says why do you think that me and the queen regent aren't aligned in this and he gets everyone to leave where he's at so it looks like a pretty nice looking uh restaurant i must say <laughs> for back in the daytime and he says look you don't understand we're gonna put a king back on their throne do you understand what that what that opens for us the trade the favor the debt that he's gonna be in to us we're gonna get the elves to be answering to us there isn't really a clear explanation in the show i got it outside of the show which makes a lot more sense to me i suppose basically where Numenor is located which is why she was picked up Gladriel uh, is because they're the closest that any humans can be to the land of the endless whatever where the elves go and so they're good they're pretty much in the highest esteem that humans can be at without touching the gods and they of course feel they should be touching the gods because they they gave just as much as the gods did is my understanding briefly of how this and gods being elvins in this case uh and he but he's basically saying look we can expand this is a good opportunity for the realm and i am doing it for them but yeah i thought farazan would be certainly different that he would be more like his his uh son but it was good to see that well one i thought the whole tree thing is coming into play but he does have his own ambitions he's like shit this is the better for all of us and you gotta think past our own even racist tendencies because if this can then 
grant get us more power then yeah fuck yeah benefit we get the elves to be in our debt as well but Kimmy doesn't get the message and that's why you're an absolute loser and that's how that goes down that whole situation was stupid another stupid situation is the whole isador isador part of it he goes up to his father and he's like i want to go why am i not in there he's like well we have a lot of volunteers so we don't need you okay well put me to the front of my the line and use nepotism once again to get me where i want to go in life when i feel like going there and i immediately understand why ellen dill is absolutely disillusioned and disgusted by his son you gotta be ashamed of yourself nigga. real talk you gotta be ashamed of yourself all as you is i don't even think he was being rude here he's just like turn around do you are you part of this guild are you part of that guild so it's all about a craft no people that you are seeing get on these boats are people that earned their place in numenor which you have not i've given you every attempt to find your place in numenor and everything you're like you just kick off like well that doesn't fit me that doesn't fit me that doesn't fit me and i loved his response i thought you were going west well i want to do something for numenor then then actually sacrifice and do something for numenor not when it's when you feel like doing something for numenor when it when the the next adventure comes forth like you're you're just happy to be away from like you didn't you're not in the sea guard and yet you get to be on the boats that the, the sea guard people worked hard to be no no so he tells him sorry there's no room for you goodbye then you have that scene in the square where he's trying to train people and his two friends i keep forgetting their names too they are part of the expedition because they got kicked out due to his dumbass son and they are fighting with galadriel which i thought was a good choreograph scene i actually like this i like the actress in it how she was teaching them just not lording over them but doing it in a playful manner that everyone can laugh and enjoy it and have a little bit of camaraderie and she even congratulates his friend the one that's less inclined to forgive him uh, for actually drawing blood and he's made lieutenant because that's what ellen dill said anyone who draws blood on the elf is going to be made lieutenant so he's made lieutenant halbrin watches the whole entire thing and just picks up the sword like look how good i am with the sword i don't know why and i really don't have any evidence for it i feel like absolutely none other than him being like you don't know what i've done you don't know what darkness is you keep thinking that you know me you're making a whole lot of assumptions you're assuming that i'm a fucking king and that's like i said that last episode like uh you really putting a lot of stock in just in the based on the way that he conducts himself that he is the king but i'm gonna put money that he's sauron i don't have anything to back that up other than he's another character in the show <laughs> and while there's so much more evidence for everyone else i feel like that evidence is dismissed and there's nothing that says that he is and thus it must be him unless we get another character introduced that i don't really know and it could possibly be that and i know this love story is doomed he might just be a king and die 
and then she feels bad because she took him and convinced him to go back to his go back to his people and then he ends up dying (laughs) and that's going to be something else in her soul either way Halbrand's in the background he's doing why couldn't how is it last episode he he needed to steal something to get into the guild in this episode he's literally in the smithy um you know doing that thing called applying for the position why why couldn't he do that the first time and not get thrown in jail that is ah, the problematic parts with the story here and so uh there the the explosion causes a bit well first there is the conversation between the queen galadriel who hasn't changed in two days and ellendale is there as well as farazan or is that the another meeting yeah because she's called away to talk to her father and she is worried about halbrin like what about this king he's not here he's not involved she's like oh he will be it'll be fine uh she yeah no because she actually brings him in and that's when he's like what the fuck you told her i was a king you put all my business out there i said i never wanted to go back there you're on your own because you just used me and she says well i got you a king or i got you an army they're ready to crown you one could say that you're using me but that's clearly not what happened so why did you even put that out there as factual because you just refuse to admit that you're a piece of shit galadriel be doing all of the things that are not all of the right things but you become wise so my guess is we're seeing this from her non-wise perspective and i i get that but and also it was brought up on bald move that i was watching is that she has been out there in the fucking world chasing down her enemy for all this time that she's kind of uh a little bit removed from humanity and thus she has lost that thing that would connect to humans that makes a lot of sense but it's not very well massaged into the show it's just one of those things that you would need to keep in the back of your mind but maybe if they made some allusion to it they did a little bit in this episode and that was the saving grace is when she does finally go confront him because now she really needs him on her side her side after the explosion because the queen is having second thoughts Farazan is like you know we can't force the tide things have been the way they are i agree with this mission but maybe we should postpone it of course uh galadria has no chill so she's like the enemy's getting stronger right now yeah but it's already been from before you even rolled up and you're basing it on very little information that you yourself are aware of for facts (laughs) so it's not like the enemy just popped out and is showing himself all over the world and we don't have any time to wait i think i think a few days would be fine quite frank i think even a few weeks would be fine (laughs) take a month uh i do like that muriel because she's like hold on to your faith and she keeps telling her like bitch faith is not a kingdom like you keep on acting like i should do things based on what i feel this is not an i situation i am responsible for a group of people and that decision needs to be a decision everyone is at least on board with or understands the reasons for so that if things do go wrong i don't then like they got rid of my father because of this you idiot 
you need to start thinking about the situation i'm in she says no i'm not gonna make my decision right now halbrin better have his ass here in the morning when i do make my decision uh ellendale says should i call the sea guard and that's when she's like no we'll we'll reconvene she then goes to halbrin and he says i don't give a shit about your sorry i need to know why you're out there doing this who does the blade belong to she admits her brother killed by servants of sauron she admits that her team her guard mutinied against her as well as her best friend uh, collaborated to get rid of her all because they can no longer separate her from the evil that she is fighting and she is at least aware of this that what she is putting herself out there to do is based on her own personal vengeance vindictive type of nature and she says to touch the to light must touch the darkness to defeat the darkness and that's what she's the path that she's decided to go but i think what she's going to learn is that to touch the darkness also can infect you with darkness (laughs) and that maybe you need to slow down and think and make strategic moves instead of just feeling uh being fueled by the fire of your own hatred and then darting off and then worse getting other people to follow you into that darkness that you're touching this convinces him to go back and he's looking all kingly and i guess people are more inclined to see a man being restored back to their you know that gives a little bit more credence to the idea that we are helping our fellow man and not just the elves and they decide to go along with the whole thing galadriel finally gets her armor she does look amazing in it i will say i'm a boss ass bitch 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 i thought mirio looked well as well she did have a moment with her father and she says look because he's like the numenor is in danger she says no we're going to middle earth like you wanted it with the elf but he says no the only thing that waits for you like you don't go to middle earth because the only thing that waits is darkness so now i'm scared for mario because i know black people don't last very long in shows like this. and because she's so sweet and nice and just seems like a very good queen uh it's even worse and i didn't get a lot of scenes between her and ellendale that i'm crack shipping for no reason other than i want to (laughs) we don't know what our situation is like i'm just automatically crack shipping them uh i think we covered everything that was going on in in partings for the most part everything that needed to be mentioned i think that if anything else is brought up we can discuss it in the feedback section which we do have for this episode so let's hop into the mailbag hey christina it's me shy i am here to give my feedback for lord lord of the rings power of the rings you know what i'm talking about um 
episode five. Uh, it's been a minute since I've given feedback. I think I've only given feedback for the premiere. Um, and um, yeah, so I'm a little bit behind the curveball, but um, I see that you have did episode four already. And so I'm joining for episode five because that's as far as I've gotten. Um, yeah, I haven't listened to any of your podcasts yet, um, but I plan on doing that just so I can hear your thoughts on all the episodes so far. Um, I think I'll do that hopefully tomorrow. Um, I'll have some time to just sit back and listen to some podcasts, but I'll just give my overall thoughts on what I've seen so far. Um, and well, maybe I'll just talk about this episode because I don't remember much <laughs> on the other episodes. So, I mean, if I talk about them along with this, then that'll be how I do it. Um, but as for this one, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of um, preparing for what lies ahead. So, you know, getting players in place um, with um, um, Galadriel and Lord Hellebrand and then on the with the um Durin and Elrond them doing what they have to do with the ore and the plight of the elf people and then we have um the Harefoots we got a little bit of them in this one and who else did we see I think there was like wasn't there three storylines I think those were the main ones um if, uh yeah oh no and the um and the um the village people <laughs> the village people <laughs> uh Arndor and the lady and theo and all of them so yeah there's four storylines in this one um going on and uh, it seemed like the theme for this episode was about darkness you know either destined for the darkness embracing the darkness fighting the darkness um and so it was um so that to me appears to be what was at play here um i'll start out with the Harefoots and um the guy who um i don't know if i meant no because the premiere i haven't said anything i haven't given feedback but my suspicions of the guy the the wizard guy is that it's um Gandalf and I don't know if you've already mentioned that in your podcast so if you've mentioned that already then I concur that I believe this is Gandalf and then of course what happened in this episode just solidified it for me um because I had been suspicious of that um as I was as we were going along getting that storyline um just going back to how um the hobbits uh, have a special place for holds a special or near and dear to Gandalf um, from the Lord of the Rings trilogy and then of course that you shall not pass moment that we got in this one um, that really just I know that they're trying to get us to believe that this is Sauron for some you know another that misdirect but I'm not buying it I, I just don't think it is because um, they're landing on fake about oh I'm peril and he's she's like no you're good um i just don't think it's him it's just too obvious of a choice to think that it's him i think it's someone that we wouldn't suspect is sauron um who that is i have no idea um <laughs> so um and then the other story is the the one where was it waldridge 
I'm like, why would these people follow that dude? I mean, like, what about him makes? I mean, I know they have this prejudice against elves, and that's there's and that that holds a strong, um, a strong pull for them, and not wanting to fight amongst them, even though he's proven that he's you know trying to help them. That's still you know when prejudice is a is a strong powerful thing, and so. Um, they go along with this dude, and then I'm like, and then like, from my understanding of later on, so they went there knowing that it was Sauron and wanting to side with Sauron. I'm like, why would you do that? Because <laughs> I'm at first when they were leaving, I was like, do they know what they're doing? Like where they're going? Um, that they're gonna try to, you know, plead with the enemy, and the enemy is not. Uh, do they know the enemy? Do they know us? Like I don't know. It just felt uh, too many, too many unknowns for them to just be blindly following this dude. Um, but whatever. Um, I guess you know in their eyes that was better than taking orders or fighting alongside an elf, which is ridiculous. But again, that's how powerful prejudice can be sometimes. Um, then we got. Elrond and Doran and come to find out that uh, they use Elrond to his um and his friendship with uh the dwarves to try to get an in on getting this ore because their time their community is being overtaken by blight I think I've heard blight so many times on the flash and it was another show that talked about blight as well so it's a thing um, so they need this ore in order to, you know, combat whatever is happening. Um, so they, again, use Elrond and his, unknowns to him, his uh, friendship with Doran to try to make that happen. And so, and my thing is, because from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the dwarves and elves, the dwarves and elves did not have, they were... Uh, at odds with each other they did not like each other so at some point something happens to where that relationship fractures and I'll keep thinking that it's gonna happen in this way because it just seems you know it's just like it's like the ultimate betrayal potentially it might not and maybe it'd be later on and maybe it won't be with Elrond and Doran but some other people but it's like, man, that would be so devastating for their friendship because, as we saw in this one, they really, they really respect one another. That they're willing to, like Aaron, willing to um, put the this fate of his whole race in his friend's hands, and his friend is, you know, very appreciative of that, and you know that ties them together even more, I believe which will make whatever happens in the future crazier. Um, but I don't know. Again, maybe it won't be with these two, but with others. Um, what else? Like I said, we got the uh, uh, Galadriel and Lord Hildebrand, her, her trying to convince him to fight, go back to his people and fight, which, I mean, I get being reluctant and all of that stuff at the same time. Um, it would be nice to understand. I mean, he kind of hinted about it or talked a little bit about it, I should say. But it's like, you know, your people are in peril. You were their king. Um, they need they need a hero right now. And you can be that person. Um, but, 
I don't know. Um, I just get the feeling that something's going to go wrong because um, she talked about how she was they sent her away because she they felt like she was going to bring about the darkness um, that she was going to bring on the very thing that she's trying to fight. And so I don't know, I'm kind of on edge about that because I feel like within her story is where um, the Sauron thing is going to come to pass uh, because she's really bound and determined. And of course, she's the one that's seeking him out the most. And so I feel like <laughs> what you shall seek, what, what you seek, you shall find um, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm glad that Theo, I mean, I'm still curious about this, that thing that he's, uh, Eredair said that that was the key to something. And so um, that's what everybody's seeking. And he had it, he found it. So obviously that's going to play a role in what happens next for them. And whoever gets this thing is going to be able to do something with it, something powerful. And so that's why they're heading there um so that should be interesting on what all that means as well but um that's all i got my 10 minutes is up um i'm not gonna do a part two i think that i gave out my thoughts overall on things um yeah oh yeah the nori thing and touching his arm i'm like why why would you do that why would you touch his arm that was crazy i don't know what she saw but that was crazy that's all i got on that note, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. Not too much to add, other than I know I stated it myself, but just uh, the show could decide to swerve from the lore, but basically it can't be Gandalf because apparently Gandalf wasn't around during this age. It's a lot of ages. <laughs> and Gandalf wasn't part of this particular age so my guess is he's part of the same wizard group that Gandalf was a part of and be I don't know what about the rights and all of that shit but they only had the right to like very little things from what I understand from Bald Move and I'm glad I did listen to their podcast that'd be even more left out of what the fuck is happening with the show <laughs> but he they did point that out like they could swerve and make this man gandalf himself but it might be a better idea to think of him as someone other than gandalf because he shouldn't be gandalf if that makes sense but i agree i don't definitely don't think he's sauron now the thing with waldrig that did not make sense to me at all uh his people that's the whole reason why the elves were there his people chose morgoth in the war so they are more inclined to choose the evil side and serve them as they once did which is why the elves were watching them in the first place so them choosing to go to the same side they did before would not be out of character at all they knew they didn't know it was sauron but they figured it's a connection to sauron and they're not necessarily wrong there uh but this seems to be a, a a fractured version even from sauron's group and so he just traded i mean and i know you know that's that's always the choice do you want to die on your morality or do you want to live and because all they're asking is that you bend the knee like bend the knee you can live don't bend the knee uh we don't coexist 
<laughs> so I, I think that while uh, his choice was a selfish one it wasn't out of character for these people uh traditionally a lot are searching the ones that stay behind are ser- the ones that's searching for that redemption whereas waldrick and the ones that went with him are just like okay another 100 200 years we're back to the same question we're gonna go back to what we we're gonna side with these people because <laughs> i don't want to be mulled down because i have no way of defending myself which is also very true like these are not fighters these are just small time village folks uh and even browen for all her 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 let's fight them it's like well my son is i don't again that was stupid too because that in that should not have changed her her mind whatsoever but that's neither here nor there i don't think this the storyline's been great uh as far as stringing their motives together but that part does make sense to me the most sense to me out of everything lastly because you mentioned it wouldn't it be funny if Halbrand is sauron and she has given him all these tools to basically get his power back and she thinks he's talking about one thing and he's actually talking about another because the way the witch he was shown this episode with him saying well you don't know the things i did the sacrifices that i that made before i got on that raft could it be that he himself did the exact same thing that's that's what the show i felt was trying to tell us which could be a misdirect but that he bent the knee himself and abandoned his people and said no i'm gonna fucking instead of being king but i would think if there's a king around wouldn't people know that and be like yeah we're waiting for our king to come back but there's been no mention of that that's why i'm like i feel like now i'm starting to convince myself he can be sauron because i feel like galadriel everything we know about him she's supposition based on something he's wearing and the fact that he said he left the southlands that's all she had she doesn't even ask him to follow up on what's the dark things you've done nope she just goes whatever it is just get your redemption back that's not no i think i would want to know some details i'd want to know some details um so i'm on the fence because i really other than that one thing i don't really see as many signs that he saw on but maybe that's exactly why he saw on because everyone else they're just like yeah he saw on he's but i feel like this episode pretty much made it a little bit more clear except for the stranger but again i just refuse <laughs> you're just not selling me on that even a little bit that's all i got for this episode if you want to send feedback for our next episode blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic